I think we should have a somber tone for this one. Yeah, I agree. Ladies and gentlemen, people tuning into our podcast. It's December, December 10th, which is two days after December 8th, which is when the passing happened. An important moment in uh, not just uh, rock music history, but wider pop culture, right? if you will. Right. Let's let's give them a clue. It's a certain rock person, right. uh, rock musician, who happened to be um, murdered by his house. <laughs> I mean, who the hell could that be? I think what's so interesting is that you hear about so many people in that life. They die of uh, drug overdoses. They drop. They die of maybe like suicide or like car accidents. Right. I can't think of anyone else. There's a few. In the right. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah uh, Marvin Gaye, I believe, was murdered by his father. Oh, no shit. Yeah, there's, a, there's been a few, but but certainly John Lennon. John Lennon. Was the iconic figure yeah. that was felled by a crazy guy on December 8th, uh, 1980. 1980. Now, you weren't born then. No. Nah. But I was. I was alive and well. No, not well. I was alive. But I remember that day. I was in Israel, and um, every you know every radio station started to play Beatles music, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" And uh, and I had a friend named Bruce who was really a Beatles freak, and he was crying. He was like, and he said to me, "I knew it. I knew it was going to happen," which I was like, "Okay, you're 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 psychic." But it's also interesting that if out of all the Beatles, John Lennon was the most. You know, flamboyant, interesting, probably the most interesting one. He's the one that gets murdered. It kind of, it almost makes sense in a weird, yeah, sarcastic way, you know? Yeah. Like, it wasn't Ringo. Nobody killed Ringo. I don't think anyone ever had, like, <laughs> Nobody cared. ever wanted to. <laughs> Nobody cared. Ringo's just like, dun, 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 walking down the street, I'm Ringo. But it's just so, it's just amazing I mean, not not to not to spoil. I love Ringo. It's not. I'm not ragging yeah. on him, but it's just so interesting that it happened to John. Like, yeah. if somebody was going to get murdered, it would be John Lennon. You know. But I feel like if anyone, if any of the four of them were to rile up anyone's feathers, it definitely was him. Yeah, but the, the, but here's the here's the sarca- the weird. It's not sarcastic. What's the word? The uh, the ironic mm-hmm. thing is that he wasn't murdered because of who of what he said. He was just murdered because some guy thought he was John. Like as like it was a schizophrenic person. That, that's what he said anyway. Mm-hmm. He 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 didn't get murdered because of things that John said. I thought I thought there was uh, I thought there was a reasoning to that though. I thought like I think the reason I thought it stepped as far back as to the. Jesus quote. No, not not, no? not not the way I understand it. I mean, I could be wrong, but the way that I understand it is that this guy was so delusional that he thought that he was the real John Lennon and that the real John Lennon was an imposter. That's so, fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, the guy was fucking nuts, man. Jesus Christ. I mean, and he's still alive, and every year he tries to get on parole. He just, he's got denied a while back. Of course, like he's going to get denied well, forever. Yeah. yeah, nobody's going to let that motherfucker out. No. But uh, Mark David Chapman. But, um... Yeah, it's it's just such a – but I believe that that's what he said, that he was so crazy that he thought that he was the – I mean – and the whole story is so weird how he actually got an autograph from him that the same day. And there's a picture of John signing his – and then a few hours later, John comes back from the studio after working in the studio and the guy's just waiting for him and shoots him five, six times. 
and that's it, you know, and the whole world just like shuts down. It's it's crazy. I know it's really weird that that this year nobody really talked about it that much. Like I heard it mentioned on the radio a little bit. Oh yeah. Like WMMR in Philadelphia played the night that he was shot and what the DJ said. The DJ just said, "Hey, John Lennon's dead. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna play Beatles music because I don't know what else to do." You know. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Yeah, it's 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 still it's still shocking till today. I mean, like it's just shocking on so many levels. You know. It's crazy because if you're like. The five years before they released Double Fantasy, he was out of the limelight. Right. You know, he was, he was raising it was Sean. Sean. Sean, yeah. And apparently being married to, what's her name? Oh, Yoko, yeah. Oh! <laughs> Sorry, I was just clearing my throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's the double tragedy. It's not a double fantasy. It's a double tragedy. Uh. So the tragedy was murdered and the tragedy decided to come back. They released Double Fantasy, and I think three weeks later, mm-hmm. it's crazy, right? It's just shocking. And that Double Fantasy is a damn good... I mean, Yoko's songs are awful, <laughs> but John's songs are great. I mean, Yeah, the ones I mean, I've heard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, uh, amazing songs, you know? And So, you know, there's so many things to say about John Lennon, you know? It's just like, so I, I you know, he was such a polarizing figure, but he was so... Like I saw, I saw a, f- a few things today. Like the, if you search on YouTube, there's you know millions, you know, and but his there's so many things to say about him. But you know how we used the word dichotomy in the last episode? Oh yeah. I think dichotomy is a word that John Lennon totally like. He was filled with anger, but it was also all about love. Yeah. And I think that dichotomy fueled his whole journey yeah you know like but he was like we just heard the song how do you sleep before this not on the show but this is you know during the period where he was fighting with paul mccartney they broke up how do you sleep is unimagined and it's a scathing song against paul mccartney like he says the only thing you've done was yesterday and so you know john had a very dark angry side but then on the other side he's talking about all you know all we're saying is give peace a chance and like i think he had to live with these two big voices, you know? Yeah. But I actually wrote down something profound. You want to hear it? Sure. <laughs> Where's my piece of paper? I need the bag of potato chips. Oh, it's under the bandages. <laughs> we're, we're still unprofessional. <laughs> God damn it. I, I should have been prepared. I'm sitting here drinking beer, eating chips, trying to be somber. And this whole <laughs> thing is like, we're going to have to edit this shit out. Now we right. won't. Now we won't. It's as is. It's as, as is. So, um, you know, I was talking about the dichotomy thing and, uh, okay, well, here's the, here's my thought, you know, so he was filled, I think he also, his mom died when he was young. So that song Julia on the white album is about his mother. Yeah. So, you know, he had this crazy childhood that he was raised by his grandmother and, you know, he just had a lot of bag. Paul McCartney had a very happy childhood. His mom died too. Paul's. Yeah, but I don't think you're right. But it wasn't. But his childhood was pretty good. Like, oh, okay. I think John had to live in a foster family. He hated them. I think. I think, John, he, lived, I think he lived with his aunt, and uncle too. Yeah, like right I, before the Beatles, formed. right? Aunt Mimi or something. Mm-hmm. But I think he liked her. So I think it wasn't all bad. But I think he. I think it was more turbulent than Paul yeah. McCartney. Not to take away from Paul McCartney's mom's death, but. You know, so, but, and Paul actually says that a lot. He says that, you know, they came from the same background, but John was already, uh, had a lot of baggage. Yeah. That Paul's just like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty, I'm dumb, I'm pretty good, you know, let's, let's write some songs. 
And John's like, yeah, let's write them songs. I'm get, you know, I'm gonna put my angst into this fucking shit, you know. Yeah. And Paul's like, what's angst? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just gonna love some, write some city love songs. <laughs> and John's like, no, no, no. We're gonna, you know. So you know, but that's what made them work. Like John was darker. Yeah. I mean, although Paul had definitely he had helter stelter. I mean. Paul Paul definitely had some edginess to him too. Oh yeah, but you know, but if you look at John and Paul's trajectory as songwriters, John would be the, you know, like on, on kind of uh, like more introspective. John was, I would say, more introspective, darker in tone, like that whole song, you know, um, Sergeant Pepper. Um, what's the? It's getting better all the time. Mm-hmm. So Paul's like, it's getting better all the time. John's like, it can't get any worse. Like he's in the background. Oh scene. yeah. Now, so that's a perfect analogy. Paul's like, it's gonna get better, and John's like, it can't get any worse. Well, yeah, I actually like that one part. The one part in uh, getting better, where he's like, uh, I think it's during the bridge. He's like, I'm doing the best that. He's yeah. like, I used to be cruel to my woman and beat yeah. her, and that's probably John's part. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, but that's what makes a person interesting. Unfortunately, is having a lot of anger and angst and yeah it's hard it's hard to but but my thought my thought was that he had all these very different sides to him but the beautiful thing about john lennon was that he was always even from a young age he was like a whole person like he wasn't afraid to show you his dark side he wasn't afraid to be controversial he Mm -hmm. embraced it and you have to be so fucking confident to do that you know yeah and how the hell that that's what made John Lennon so special, I think. Besides his musical genius, he was a fully formed John Lennon, even from eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, which is amazing. Oh yeah! Like I'm not. I'm still. I'm in my early late thirties. <laughs> yeah, you know. You spent like a whole decade right there. <laughs> it's just a number. Well, you know, but but you know, I'm still not fully formed, and the fact that he was so like individual, he was such an individual from such a young age. It's amazing. I mean, the fact yeah. that you know, I have a recording of him them doing a live concert in like '64 or '65, and he he had the balls to to go, um, you know, uh, for those those of you people um, in the expensive seats, you could just clap along. But those people, no, 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 I'm sorry. Those people in the cheap seats, you, you guys clap along. The people in the fancy seats, you could just rattle your jewelry. <laughs> you know, like he, he always had that very, sort, oh, yeah. you know, witty, sardonic. And he was like, you know, 23, 24 years old. It's amazing. I figure also back, you figure back then, I think people in the past, they just grew up quicker. Mm-hmm. A lot of them did, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's it's it's, it's amazing. See, so we kind of forget that. Well, the, right. We, well, you know, they didn't have an iPhone. They didn't have the cable. Right. They have distractions that you know. Yeah, uh, it's it's a whole different world, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I think especially the, in that, especially in that in the limelight, man, that makes people grow up way too quick. Well, too. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's what ha- I mean. That's we know that the touring years were. I mean, they were grueling, and but then when they stopped, they stopped. Yeah. I mean, you saw the footage. I mean, they couldn't... I mean, people were screaming. They couldn't hear each other on stage. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had to... I mean, it was it was a monster that they couldn't control, you know? And then I think they were happier 
from 66 until like let it be when the cracks started to yeah i think they were happier just being in the studio and i mean they weren't happy i think just the pressure of not touring was good for them yeah i mean cause, and then we got those great records you know oh, yeah but uh you know i just i it's very and then when you when you see him talk also in interviews he's so and he was probably high a lot, you know, because he had he had, he was on heroin for a while. Like he had issue, he had a lot of problems, but he was always so articulate, which is amazing. Yeah, I saw I saw footage of him and Bob Dylan together. Oh yeah, it's so crazy. They're in a car together, and I don't think they hung around that much. But he Bob Dylan is stoned out of his mind, and he's just monologuing about nothing. <laughs> and John, you see John, and John is like the voice of reason. Once in a while, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, Bob. Yeah, Bob, you know, <laughs> but you could totally tell that John is like the adult in the car and Bob oh, yeah. Dylan is like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> that's what he sounds, man. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, John, John had a very mature, like, and then, and then, you know, last year we saw the Let It Be footage, mm-hmm. which was pretty mind blowing, A, because we never saw that footage before. Right. But also John... I thought he was so bitter at that point, but he was, there was a lot of playful moments, yeah. uh, which was the beauty of the show. Uh, him and Paul are like making up songs, and they're like, and you know, uh, he was such a he was a lot of things. You know, he he was silly, he was serious, he was like all these dichotomies, and you know, di- what's a dichotomy? It's, it's like two opposing like forces, like ideas or I, things. And, and and like trying to you know coincide with each other right and like yeah. I, I have a little bit of that you have a little bit of that like I'm very you know social when I'm gonna be but I'm also very introverted that's a like dichotomy mm-hmm. right I want love but I also don't want love you know yeah and like you know but to be like that is but he was so you know like you know and even his son like Julian Lennon his son is cool and I see him in interviews but he's not as captivating as. There's only one John Lennon, you know. Yeah, I think uh, <coughs> I think there's something to be said about that too. I mean, like I think not to you know disparage Julian at of all. Of course not. First time, I like Julian a lot. Yeah, but we, I think, we hang out all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. But I feel like there's something to be said. You know, like someone who now was Julian his first or yeah I believe it was his first and they had a not a very good relationship like he kind yeah. of like, you know Julian has a lot to like with Sean the second one mm-hmm. Julian I believe there's only two of them John was you know took five years to raise him and I think he did it because he kind of fucked up with Julian Julian yeah so Julian has a lot of like abandonment issues I think John was fucked up with the Beatles and yeah so you know um Julian's latest album is called Jude, which is... Oh, is it really? Yeah, and it's it's not bad. I've heard some tracks. and He called it Jude because, you know, Hey Jude supposedly is about Paul McCartney writing to Julian. It was called... It was going to be called Hey Jule first. Oh, yeah? Like Julian. But then Paul said, uh, Jude, uh, Hey Jude sounds better. Mm-hmm. So he called it Jude as sort of like a, some closure for him, you know? Yeah. And he, I don't think he ever got a chance to really make up. I don't, I don't know if they fought, but I think John wasn't really in his life, yeah. which is not easy, you know. Because so John, John was definitely, you know. And then he had the whole Yoko Ono thing. So he had a lot of like things going on, and he was far from perfect. But but you know, also musically, it's a tough call. You know, like the solo years. I I I personally think that John's music. 
was the better of the two between him and Paul. At the same time, though, you could argue that's because over the course of the 70s and up until mm-hmm. John's death, we actually got less from him than we got from Paul. And Paul's been con- been able to continue right. in the decades since. So John never had the opportunity to... To fuck up. Yeah. To have embarrassing stuff. I mean, it's yeah. possible he also <clears throat> wouldn't have simply allowed it to happen. I mean, he, he took the... He made the conscious decision to take those five years off. You know, he didn't right. continue. Right, right, you know? right. That that's an interesting point. Let me think about that for a second. Uh, and, you're wrong. and you're wrong. <laughs> and, and, and you're wrong. No, 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 no. But the, the argument uh, that I would say to counter that is that Paul's, you know, the Wings period. I I dig the the Wings records, but they're they're not that deep. You know, they're pretty cute songs. Right. I mean, once in a while you get like a band on the run, you get like interesting, you know, musical pieces. But I would say they're more on the cute pop sort of thing. I, I do like them a lot. I think, <clears throat> I think I heard somewhere that Paul was more like the the businessman of the group, I guess, or uh, more business minded. Beatles or Wings? I guess Beatles. And I guess you could say like he was more business minded. John was more art minded. I don't know. I, I, I think. Know. I, I mean, I think they had like Brian Epstein. They had people that did the business part. Oh yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know about that. But I, I definitely think that during the Beatles, you know, Paul's work as a Beatle was more, much more profound than with mm-hmm. Wings. You know, right? Like, I, I, you know, uh, Wings was a kind of a cute band. You know, I mean, Live and Let Die is a cool song. You know. I mean, he definitely had good stuff, but like when you, when you if you take album by album, yeah. and, and you're right, John released less records for sure. But I mean, John's records are pretty deep, and they're they're, uh, you know, they're they're more revealing. They're more. I think they're just better musically. That know? wedding album, yeah, I know you're a big fan of that one. Well, the wedding album is an anomaly. I mean, and that was actually before. I don't. I don't see. I don't consider that a solo record. No. You know. I mean, and. You know, I mean, it's it's. I can say I'll put that with the you know the same. George, era. Yeah, George also did a couple weird ones before All Things Must Pass. So right and after, yeah. Like I, I actually took a little deep dive into George's solo work a few days ago, and uh, you know, not all of it. I mean, all Things Must Pass is definitely his greatest achievement. Yeah. You know, and uh, but there's a, some of his records are not so great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how about Ringo? Ringo, I, I'm not even gonna try. You know, I, I, he's he's kind of uh, he's cute. He's like a uh, cute. He's cute. You know, he's just cute. I mean, like, I, I can do you, you want to go ask Ringo Starr out on a date or? No, I mean, cute in a sense that I don't want to fuck him. I just like you know, all of his songs to me are like one step below Octopus's Garden and and Yellow Submarine. I mean, all the and you know, with a little help from my friends is actually. A deeper song for him, and that's cute too. Yeah, like what is a really not cute song by Ringo? Like it's all like no, it's always always cute, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can't think of like he didn't really. I mean, listen, I haven't heard to every solo track that he's done. Yeah. But, I mean, they're all sort of one note, you know, and not to take it, I mean, you know, it's just like John, here's another word. We talk about dichotomies as a one word to describe John. John was so versatile. Oh, yeah. Paul was too. But John was really, I mean, to go from, let's say, let's let's dissect musical. So, you know, White Album, we'll go with, uh, yes, I'm lonely. Oh, great song. Your Blues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like bluesy. It's like edgy. It's like full mm-hmm. of angst. 
And then you get, I don't know, Imagine, which is delicate and, and sweet. And that's from the same guy. Hell yeah. It's fucking crazy. Or uh, name any, name million. I mean, Julia versus um, I need a fix because I'm going down. Oh, yeah. I mean, happiness is a warm gun. Yeah. And that's, I think that's on the same side of the record. Yeah, it is side. Oh, wait. Uh, side one of the White Album. What was the first one you mentioned? Uh, happiness and Julia. Oh, Julia's Ju- inside too. The closing track. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. But you know, and even like, I won't mention it. No. Number, number, number nine. I won't mention that one. But you fear just revolution. Just, we could talk. We could name it. Okay. Revolution nine. Just the 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 re- actually the revolution. I wouldn't say it's so much a trilogy, but you had. The original Revolution, which was the single, the hard rock, right? Oh yeah, great single. Then you had the slower version, Revolution One, that opens up the side you had, four. Then you had a uh, Revolution Nine, right? Which yeah. is not the same song at all. It's just called Revolution, right? Right, right, right. And we all know how I feel about Revolution Nine. I'm terrified of it, and I I wish he never recorded it, and it still haunts me till today. And it, it it it's the thing that I'm scared about more than eating getting eaten by a shark or getting eaten by a snake or a love relationship. It's like, <laughs> it, you know, it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to me is Revolution Nine. But anyway, I that's the only thing I've been against John Lennon that I what? have. By the way, he has a solo record. Um, I believe it's like uh, Walls and Bridges, where he has another title for number nine, but it's a beautiful song. It's called, it really? Yeah. Um, I'll play it for you later. It's, uh, it's called like uh, Number Nine Dream, which, oh, is, yeah. which is a very beautiful song, and, and it has nothing to do with Revolution Nine. <laughs> but he loved the number nine for some reason. Yeah. I, I, I personally like number nine. How could you? Lo- anyway, let's not get into that. <laughs> but like, what, were you, what were you going to say about it, though? About number nine as a creative, you you brought it well, up. Well, it's interesting because okay, so you have like these two parts, the, well, these two almost identical tracks. One's harder, mm-hmm. one's softer, right? Revolution. And it's sort of like a, that in a way can like sort of like be a dichotomy in itself. You know, he, you right. approach. Do you know which content one re- from a different angle? Angle. Do you know which one was written first? Actually, I believe it was Revolution One. And then the slower version. The slower version. Then they decide, they decided to make a faster one. And that was single. the single, right? Yeah, I prefer the faster one. After I've heard it more, yeah, yeah, because the guitar riff is so cool, mm-hmm. you know. But um, also, I'll never play uh, the fourth side of the White Album because it might skip to number nine by accident. It's a shame because it's it's a pretty solid side. Yeah, I know, but... I know. You got, I know. You got the cry, the cry baby cry. I love that song, and that's right before number nine. So that's a problem. I think. For me. Uh, Savoy Truffle. Yeah, I know it's inching its way to the darkness. What's the second one? You got. Uh, you got. There was a revolution. So there's six tracks. I'm gonna try to work back. So good night's the last one. Then Revolution Nine. Track four is Cry Baby Cry. Savoy Truffle. Savoy Truffle's five. Mother Nature's Son. Revolution One is Mother Nature's Son is on there too. That's a uh, side three. Oh, okay, okay, mm. okay. All right, all right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a. Uh, I'm afraid of Good Night too for some reason, because it's after number nine. Actually, shit, I'm missing. A, I'm missing a track. I think you're missing uh, something. Honey Pie. Oh yeah, Honey. Honey Pie. Right, right, right. <laughs> Which is all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, so many amazing styles of songs came from him. I mean, it's crazy. I'm so. I mean, especially on the White Album, it's pretty oh, yeah. diverse. I'm so tired is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. I actually thought for the longest time before I was able to 
before I really started really diving deep into them, you know, I thought John was the uh, the main writer guy. and performer of uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh, really? But I learned that but it was that, actually George. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's George. Yeah, yeah. And Clapton on the guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, John had nothing to do with that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, it's so... It's just uh, well. First of all, and you uh, before we did the show, we talked about Sgt. Pepper, and, and you asked me if like John resented, you know, the fact that it was Paul's idea. I, first of all, I from what I can tell from John, I I don't think Sgt. Pepper's his favorite record, right? And primarily, it's probably because Paul came up with the idea, but also, you know, well, John had uh, less songs on it. He had you know, Dana Life, which is an opus. Yeah, a lot of people think it's like the number one Beatles song. I don't think it's the number one Beatles song, but um, you know, "Benefit from Mr. Kite" is okay. It's, it's strange, but uh, it's it's not as strong as songwriting, you know, compared to the White Album mm-hmm. or even Abbey Road. Like you know, like uh, it's not. I, I don't think uh, you know he has "Good Morning," "Good Morning." Yeah, you know, they're they're. I mean, Sergeant Pepper. It's not my favorite Beatles record, right? You know? I, but. Um, you know his. It's just you know the the fact that he was murdered is so. It's almost like his whole life was leading to be murdered for some reason. You know because because yeah. he was so he was such a captivating figure. Mm-hmm. Like, can you, I can't imagine him being seventy years old. You know like Paul McCartney. I can imagine because he's been around forever. You know. I remember we went and saw that movie yesterday, mm-hmm. and they. Uh, they had that scene at the end where he go, the main character goes to actually see John Lennon. As an old guy. Yeah, and it was... Weird. It was so weird. and almost kind of like brings a tear to your eye. Yeah, you know, just, just that's actually the one it. scene in the movie that didn't work for me. Oh, no? It was a it was a cute idea. Well, the whole movie centers, if you don't know it, it centers on the fact that what if the Beatles didn't exist and this one guy yeah, discovered like, the music. It was a crazy premise. I felt Yeah, I felt like they didn't really dive in. They didn't make the most of it that they could have. No, but it was cute. It was a cute yeah. idea. It's an enjoyable movie. It's fun. But the whole idea of meeting John Lennon and seeing him as a non-musician, just kind of living alone. Yeah. It's an interesting thought, you know. But I don't – it, it what, I mean the thing that's we were robbed of what he would have done musically. Yeah. Like between – because he died at 40. It's crazy. Yeah. Like he could have had like 30 more years of great creativity. Hell yeah. And maybe even more, you know. And like he was uh, – who knows what we would have done? Like we we don't know what Hendrix would have done. I'm you know yeah. Like it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, you know we we know what Paul McCartney did. We do. Uh, you know, and for better, riding around the car with the James Corden. Yeah, I mean, for better or for worse, Paul McCartney. You know, I, 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 I you know, I, I mean, I love the guy, but you know, he hasn't done anything monumental in a really long time, and musically, you know, I just wonder. You know what John Lennon would have done, you know. Yeah. But you know, most people, most people as they age, the the quality of the music goes downhill. Yeah, it's true. I can't think. I mean, everybody. Springsteen's latest records have been okay, but nothing extraordinary. Like I wonder, John lived. We all know how the state of rock became throughout the eighties. It'd be interesting. Almost an interesting thought experiment to see, like, to ponder whether he would have had a substantial influence on the direction of music for that decade. Right. Or if he would have, or if, like, how he would have fit in mm-hmm. to that. Because mm-hmm. when we see a lot of artists from around when he was 
from when the Beatles were around throughout the 60s and 70s, how they took to the 80s audio the aesthetic to the whole thing. Right. Trying to, to, to incorporate like Queen – Rolling Stones, yeah, yeah. Everybody kind of tried to adapt to their to the synthesizer sound. Yeah, yeah. It would have been really interesting. I mean, even you know, even Double Fantasy or Milk and Honey, which was after he died, it was like you know, they had a little touch of disco ish. Oh yeah. I'm stepping out. I'm thinking of. They had a little bit of a. But you know, I think I remember reading some interviews where he kind of he kind of liked disco, which is interesting. Okay. Yeah, uh, or he he liked the B fifty twos because he said that it sounded like Yoko. You know, <laughs> they they did what a uh, rock lobster. Yeah, yeah, rock lobster, right? Which which does which does sound like maybe he's right. Maybe Yoko did influence the B fifty twos. You know, um, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's uh, he would have. Who knows? I mean, we 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 don't know. But I mean, I, I don't think he would have gone. I don't think he would have gone all disco. Yeah. He would have maybe done a David Bowie "Let's Dance" kind of thing. Yeah, like David Bowie did, definitely did a disco record. Really, yeah, he did. But it's not embarrassing. No, it was his figure. It was like his last truly great record for like thirty years too. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you know who plays guitar on that? Stevie Ray Vaughan plays guitar on that. Is he really? Yeah, all on those. That? On the, on the, the whole stands. album, or on the whole album? Yeah. Oh, shit. Nile Rodgers produced it. Who did a lot of disco stuff? Oh wow! Um, and I think David Bowie said to people, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm, let's make a hit record." Like he he went like it, you know. But there's some interesting stuff in that record. It's not it's not it's not bad. It's not yeah. it's not embarrassing. Yeah, I like a lot of stuff. Not the I don't like the hits as much as I like the deeper cuts. Yeah, but um, you know, and David Bowie, I think, and Lennon did Fame together. That song, Fame. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because it's, it's got, you know, and, you know, John had some collaboration. He had Elton John collaborations. Oh, did he really? Yeah, I think the story is, you know that song? It's not my, it's actually, I don't really like the song that much. It's uh, Whatever Gets You Through the Night. Whatever gets you through the night, it's all right. It's a very, like, very happy sort of. I've probably heard it, but it's just not ringing a bell right now. Yeah, it got, it, and the, so the story was Elton John was around and, and, um. John said, uh, "Come sing background vocals on this," and and Ellen John said uh, something like, "If this song goes to number one, you have to go on stage with me in Madison Square Garden." And it went to number one, and they did. He did. Oh shit! Yeah, and I think the story is that when John joined him on stage in Madison Square Garden, I think it was seventy four. The sound from the crowd was so staggering that the roof almost fell off. Holy shit! Like like El John, I think said they said he never heard a sound like that. <laughs> so and I think he just did one song. And wow. I think John said he was really nervous to be it because he hasn't performed a lot. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's that's uh, some, that song went to number one, even though it's a it's not my it's a it's a it's a weird it's, 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 yeah. a, it's a, it feels like a throwaway song. You know, it's, I, I think that's one of the things I'd like about. Rock in itself, especially from those earlier decades, is you saw a lot of collaboration between a lot of artists. Yeah, and one of the things I enjoyed doing is like looking at like the liner notes of like different albums. Yeah, like singer songwriter albums and seeing like all the big names who guested on those albums. And yeah, incredible. I mean, like I'm not as uh, in touch with a lot of artists today. And if anything, definitely not like individual artists. Right. So it's like 
I don't recognize there being that sort of collaboration anymore. Well, you know what? Well, you know, it's interesting. Let me jump on that. Is that there is a lot of collaborations today in the mainstream, crappy, cheesy pop world. Oh, is there? There's a lot of stuff, but it's organic. It's manufactured by the... It's not like, you know, El John and John Lennon were friends. They met backstage. They said, hey, it was a very organic collaboration. Now, yeah. producers will say, hey... Manufactured. What, yeah. yeah, what if Rihanna sings with somebody? And then the song says... The name of the song featuring Rihanna mm-hmm. or something. So even that featuring, it's just it's 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 manipulative. I felt like uh, Eminem, his stuff started to deteriorate once you saw a lot of collaborations on his albums. Like the stuff he did early on were great. Oh yeah, but after that, yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he maybe he felt stifled. Maybe he felt like he needed some extra energy. You know. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, I think the collaborations in the '70s uh, were more like friendship based. The, the, the band played with Dylan because yep. they were friends. Mm-hmm. It's not like somebody said, "Hey, you know." Somebody decided, you know. So and there was, you know, it was just a different. It was a you know first you know the whole that whole scene was more innocent. It was more like organic and now yeah. now it's uh, people don't even record together in the same studio they'll do a zoom you know they'll they'll send files it really became a business and like for well it, it's, it's it had been a business since well it's always been a business right. but since I mean, the like, dinosaur age right right but i mean like uh right but but i think they played live more in the studio which yeah. adds you could totally tell when somebody plays live or oh, yeah. what you know it's I mean, and these days, you know, and there's there's a lot of good stuff these days too. But it's just a, it's, it's not it's not the same, you know. It's it's. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to be said for John, you know, and, and and the fact, and he was hanging out with Harry Nielsen, and then he had, you know, he just had even even when you didn't hear from him, you you kind of heard from him, you know, like he was, his presence was like. You know, you always like there was only one John Lennon. There was like you never knew what he was gonna say. Like he was just always unpredictable. Even when he was gone, it was like a conscious decision. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's crazy. It's just crazy. It's just so like it. It's just crazy that he got murdered. You know, it's just like it's still it's still one of those things that you can't wrap your head around. Yeah, and and so senselessly, like so, but this crazy person. And you know, it, and it, it almost it it's almost like God. If there is a God, kind of decided, hey, John is too good for this world, or, and then I, we have to take him out. Yep. You know, I, if yep. there is a God, I don't know. Like he, he didn't take out Ringo. He didn't take out you know George, George Harrison died from like lung disease or whatever cancer. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it, it's just like it's such a weird. You know, and, and his whole his whole time with the Beatles was you know the fact the whole Jesus thing he said the Beatles are more popular than Jesus that got crazy misconstrued and I don't I really don't think he even meant it as the proclamation he was just saying hey we're selling more or, right or people know our name more you know yeah. uh, it, it, it's it's so interesting how well, it's interesting when we were watching that thing last week mm-hmm. They showed the we press. Watched, we watched, let me just say, we, we watched the uh, Eight Days a Week, which is uh, Ron Howard. Yep. Uh, this great footage of the Beatles touring years, but yeah, go ahead. It was funny. They showed, they showed the uh, – they covered that section. They showed like the press conference where they were sitting there and he was talking about – he was emphasizing what he was explaining. And uh, yeah, I think it was like Paul or someone else like was saying how like he was actually – 
kind of scared. Like they they were all pretty scared. Like then, like right. what they had, but what that resulted in, like the backlash in America with the people being told to like burn their records and everything. And it was just yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was right. It was uh, it was a short period of time where people, you know, like the crazy religious people were like very anti Beatles, and you know, but it, it happens. I, I think it was a short period, but it was scary. Yeah. And then John had to kind of apologize. Even when he apologized, he didn't quite backpedal. Yeah. He kind of said, "You guys didn't understand me." Instead of saying, he made more of an explanation than. Uh... If anything else, right, right. It was, he but he was so right. He was so, but you know, he's. It's always interesting to see him in interviews because he's so like, he, you you could see his brain turning. Like he's he's like he was like a he was like the class clown. Yeah, you know, like he yeah. was always he would make faces at the camera. <coughs> you know, he would like stick his tongue out. Oh yeah, and you could see Paul going, John, John, behave yourself. You know, <laughs> behave yourself. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's so it's uh, but you know, I, his, his, he just represents so many different things. But so it's just sad, you know. It's just really every 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 like he, he was. I mean, other people that died, like Freddie Mercury. It's sad, but you know, uh, that whole AIDS thing apparently was not good for you. Yeah, uh, but but he wasn't murdered. You know, like it wasn't like. You know, he. This is like the biggest death and and rock and roll, and probably it's probably always gonna be. You know. Oh yeah. And of course, Yoko's still alive, and uh, Mark David Chapman's still alive. Yeah, I want, dude. I would have loved to have like been a fly on the wall throughout like his entire detention so far. I would have loved to have like seen him. I wonder if, like, how many times that dude got his ass beat by, like, people in jail. I don't know. I think he's isolated. Oh, Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure he's in solitary confinement. I mean, I I am surprised he's still alive. Yeah. Because other people have died in in jail, like, for less reason. Oh, yeah. You know? I don't know. I don't know. He's a weird guy. He actually gave an interview uh, 20 years ago or something on the Larry King show, which was a weird talk show. Um, I've seen it. You know, and that's when he said, "You know, I thought I was John Lennon myself." And Jesus I was, Christ! You know, but he—he's—it's crazy. It's just—it's—it's just, it's so senseless. That's the thing. That's the thing. So you have this guy who's so meaningful to the world, impacts the world, and then he dies senselessly. And how do you how do you create meaning out of that? Yeah. You know, that's that's the part that is. I don't know how to make meaning out of that. Like when somebody dies, like my uncle just died. You know, it's very hard to create meaning out of, but you kind of like, okay, you know, he lived, you know, 75 years and he impacted the world, the family, he was a patriarch of the family, you know, and of course it's, it is, why, why does he get cancer and other people don't? You can't, you'll never know the answer to that. But the fact that this was sort of a, you know, such a crazy murder, you know, Mm -hmm. Like, it's not premeditated. It's not... It's just that this guy decides to do it out of crazy schizophrenic reasons. But, you know, we have the music, you know? And, you know, we and we have all this footage of him. We have this... Oh, yeah, we I do. mean, if you if you search on John Lennon on YouTube, you could spend, you know, weeks... You know, I, I, I see footage of him every day that I've never seen before. Yeah. I, it's amazing. I always... I think the first thing I was... I, the first thing I was ever exposed to him with was actually... In the movie Forrest Gump, where in that one scene where they, uh, they I guess they, they took that uh, the coverage from when he was on the Dick Cavett show or one of those right. shows, and they right they uh, is he, is they he, worked 
they worked on it. They reworked it to where he's talking with uh, Forrest. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Hanks. Yep. And yeah. I remember like watching as I was a kid. I think that movie came out when I was like eight years old. Right. And you know, I remember like watching this scene, and you know, there was something about it. To I, I'm trying to remember. I think from my perspective, I was watching this movie. And I was watching this scene happen, and I got the sense from this scene that this guy was important, right? You know, and right. uh, and you know, eventually you you hear you hear Forrest narrating, and then the camera starts zooming on John's face, and he's like, and "Then one day, somebody shot him." Yeah, yeah. And it was just like I remember, I think I remember like I turned to my mom and being like, "Who was that guy?" Right, right, right. And she told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually don't. I I don't remember anything about Forrest Gump. I just remember, oh, no. I remember playing ping pong and running, and life was like a box of chocolates. Dude, so much more. I know. I don't remember the insertion of the John Lennon's. Yeah, it was. It was like right after. Um, I think it was actually around the time when he was doing like the ping pong. He become like a national yeah hero that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Oh, so then he goes on the talk show circuit. Yep. <laughs> he goes out the, to the alley in New York and then Lieutenant Dan sitting there in the wheelchair right right what a weird movie Forrest Gump was I loved it that was, that was a movie I grew up on and then was funny well I won't I won't divert I won't di- diverge from this too long but I just want to say because now we're talking about it you know I, I I went to England mentioned this a couple times in the show mm-hmm. and uh, you know when I was there I was taking a class and one of the speakers, he was like, a, I guess, a media scholar. And at the time, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about doing something like him, being like a media analyst, like to, focusing my life on like studying and analyzing works. Yeah. And yeah, he gave this whole spiel about, you know, Forrest Gump being this deeply like conservative type movie with messages about, you know, you should just blindly follow people in it. Th- Right. It turned me off to the whole like practice and study of like analysis. I was like, "Fuck this guy! Right. Fuck anyone who thinks this about this movie." I, I, yeah, I, I was personally offended right. because you know I grew up on the movie. Right, right, right. But anyway, so that's that's yeah, that yeah, yeah. Thing. No, I hear yeah, but that's the, but actually it does relate because you know people often analyze uh, John Lennon's words and his songs and everybody has a different interpretation or, you know, so it's, it, it kind of ties into what you were saying. Right. Some people, that's why I love this book. So I'm looking at this book. It's called All We Are Saying and it's the last interview that he gave to a journalist who ironically worked for Playboy magazine. But for some reason, this guy befriended John and he had access to his, he, came, he went to the Dakota where John and Yoko lived. And it's, it's an amazing interview. And so, and he talks about his favorite Beatles songs, the songs that he doesn't like, um, which changes from day to day. Like John, you know, yeah. John, the beauty of John, that he was, he was unpredictable. Sometimes he would like say something and then dichotomies again, you know. But it's cool because you can't misinterpret what he says. This is exactly his words. Yeah. For better or for worse, you know. So, you know, it's just so funny to me that the guy that wrote Imagine got murdered. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that crazy? I mean, it's like, as I have all the people that preached love yeah. to get violently shot yep. in your, you know, five, six times in the back. It's so, it's like, you can't, it's so, it's so, it's insane. It's like the craziest story ever. It actually, it's, it, it 
that account actually reveals a lot about human nature. The fact that someone who preaches that is able to get gunned down so yeah. violently, you know? And, yeah, I mean, it, well, what does it say? I don't know what it says about the, the world or God. Or just, it just Well, I guess one interpret... Right. One way of looking at it is um, not everyone thinks that. You know, it's like it's... I guess it's, it's, it's one thing to, like, say that. Right. But it's... it's and it was interesting is you would... Okay, here's what it is. You would think it would be so easy to embrace the idea of peace, love. Because, like, it's... Who, honestly, deep down, could say they don't want that, right? Right, right. And just to see someone who represented that ideal get taken out so horribly shows... Right. Holy fuck, there's, there's something deeper... More dark, evil, violent to being human. Yeah, that seems to somehow surpass. Well, that's the thing. I don't know if it surpasses. Well, maybe that's cer- that may yeah, be the wrong but word. It certainly, but it certainly exists in full force, and you have to sort of. But you know, for every for every John Lennon's murder, there's also another heroic thing, beautiful thing that happens in the world that we don't that's know true. about. Yeah, you know. So I mean, but it is it is horrific, and it is you know, it's like it's like the Holocaust, you know, like <laughs> like how do you how do you fucking go on knowing that you know. If you survive that, how do you go on, you know? And and people do, you know? So it's 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 so weird to, again, dichotomies. You have this beautiful gift of life that we have, you know, and and where where you can listen to music and watch amazing movies and hopefully find love in your life. And then you have this horrible thing happen, and how do you marry the two together? Yeah. I mean, that's the meaning of life right there. You just, just, there's, it's just, there's some things you can't comprehend. I think that's one thing that I've, learn to live with is that some things you can't understand and what's interesting is that I think it speaks to like it's like me I feel like I've had enough of a diversity of experiences to to have experienced different trains of thought where you know I've I've felt that wanting for a complete peaceful loving existence in the world and I've also felt the opposite, complete opposite hate, <laughs> right, right, and all that. I mean, not to say I would ever do anything like that, right, violent, but right, right, right. You know, is there's right? You felt the opposing dark side. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Me too. I mean, I mean, you know, there's I I hate a lot of things. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I won't name them now, but you know. Yeah. But I, I have – it's crazy. It's crazy. That's why John was so amazing because he was able to embrace all the things that he was, the anger, all those angry songs that he has and then all the love and into one person. I don't know anybody else that's ever done that. Yeah. You know? Like he did it so well. Like his angry songs are so great. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean – I can you know Cold Turkey even which is an amazing solo song that you, I don't know if you know but it's about heroin addiction it's oh, wow. it's so angry it's, it's it's you should check it out it's amazing and then he has these you know it's so it, he was he was really it's so it's so it's also interesting how and, and then I've seen interviews where he seems so kind like I, I I'm thinking about one 
interview actually where he's walking on the beach with the journal uh, 1975 or something he just seems like the nicest guy in the world and you're like that's john lennon you know like and then you've seen him in interviews where he's an asshole yeah like totally making fun of the reporter <laughs> that's what i mean it, it's a it's you know he was just and but he was also he was also really smart mm-hmm. you know like his his whatever he was angry or loving he was smart man like probably smarter than McCartney. I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, not that McCartney's dumb, but he was just really. I don't know why he loved Yoko Ono, but that's another story. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I theory has always been that there's. She definitely had something that he was looking for. I think they he, once he, he needed. I, well, yeah, yeah. He used to call her mother. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, but I, I, my theory is they went to a restaurant one night. She put something in his drink, <laughs> some kind of Japanese voodoo shit, and, uh, and that was it. You know, he's some some kind of Yoko roofie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's my that's my theory. It's possible. Yeah, you know, and then for some, but he clearly loved her, man. Yeah, I man. mean, he was defending her till the end of time. Like, I feel like if anything, she. If there was like anyone who was going to probably like call him out for anything, it was her. Right. I think. I think that's right. I think she was. She probably. I mean, listen. She tested him more than likely. It's like. Uh, yeah, and I guess she was smart. I mean, he I, he couldn't be with a dumb person because he was so smart. So I mean, the, the, there was definitely something there. And you know what? He, I mean, I'm not gonna. I I can always say that her music is not my cup of tea. Or, or, oh, it's definitely not my cup of tea. It's not my cup of coffee. It's it, not my fucking drink bottle of beer. You know, I, yeah, I it, can't even call it music to be honest. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. It's uh, it's it's definitely uh, the words acquired taste don't do it justice. You know, no, it's an acquired taste for like <laughs> dolphins or something. But uh, <laughs> like drunken dolphins on acid. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but man, I mean, you know, but more power to him for defending her, though. I mean, you got you got to you got to see it from his side. He was people said she broke up the Beatles, and there was there probably really there was probably hate wherever she went. You know, the yeah. first few years, so he dealt with a lot of people hounding him too. Immigration trying to send him back to England. There was a whole in the in the whole seventies. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but the FBI was after him. <laughs> yeah, FBI was after him because there was some visa issue, and I think the government, which was Nixon at the time, I believe, felt right. that he was dangerous to the government, and uh, Nixon actually ordered the FBI to get rid of John Lennon, and so uh, there were a few years there where he was and living in a paranoia. He even mentioned actually, that. I, I could see that happening. I could see them seeing him as like a yeah dangerous based on his ideas. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Nixon was a fucking asshole. Yeah. Uh, so and so, I I think he actually mentions that in this interview, like you know, uh, so you know, for and he was kind of paranoid anyway, and then the fact that the FBI wants to deport him to England. Yeah. But he embraced. And there are worse way, the worst places to be deported to. Uh, yeah, for sure. It wasn't Hungary or any place. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> South Sudan or whatever. Shout out to the previous episode. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, but but he also no he he was so cool because he embraced New York. God love him. You know, he walked around without bodyguards, obviously because he got murdered. I mean, you know, like he he just walked, this footage of him in Central Park walking around. You know, it's like crazy. So, um, I, you know. It's like it's and it's it's just crazy how like 
it's just the whole story is like beyond you know it's just i can't even <laughs> can't even i can't even it's a it's a but you know but the thing is how many how many pieces of music do we have we have so many we have like oh dude i mean we have like i don't know six seven solo workers and then the whole beatles which whatever 11 12 records it's like for virtually like 99 percent flawless yeah, and I think Paul said that they wrote about 300 songs together. Mm-hmm. And, like, every time you hear a good Beatles song, you know, it's like, God damn, how did they write that, you know? Well, I think I was just reading the other day. They were, to this day, they're the most profitable song songwriting partnership in music history. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes I think about it. It's like, what made the Beatles so appealing? It wasn't even so much the songs. It was their personas. Yeah. It was their personas mixed in with the songs. And they also had this incredible, like, optimism that shot through the song, you know? Mm -hmm. Even on the darker songs. They just had this, you know, you just know it's the Beatles, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like... It's like it's it's incredible, you know. Like like the fact that they were four people that were so perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the chances? Oh yeah. <laughs> and I would, I would say like even like listening to like the music, even rock music before they came on, even like the months leading up to it, it's like like when you if you put on like if you put on the album, please please me, right? With just the just the knowledge and understanding of the sound of rock music right before that. Right. Which at that point, rock music was, it wasn't dead, but wasn't the, 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 the fat, the big, huge popularity of it from the fifties was gone. Right. You know, it, it, it was not exactly in the best uh, spot. And then right. all of a sudden, right. These guys come on and all right. of a sudden there's this energy right off the bat. That's just right. Like, Holy shit, where these guys come from. Right. It was an energy in the fact that they were a band versus just like one person oh, singing. Yeah. Like they were really like the epitome of like, oh my God, like that's what Springsteen says. He said they were like the first people who's like, I could have a band, you know, I could have oh, like yeah. four different people. They did you their know. own material. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they said we saw in the interview last week, they said that, you know, we didn't even think about writing their own material until the only reason they started writing with their own material is because they were playing in, in bands with other bands. And the other bands would come on before them, and they would do the songs that they were going to do, like because they were doing covers. Yeah. So like we can't go on over there and play Long Tong Sally, you know, because the other band just did it. So we better come up with our own songs. Which is actually interesting because uh, their version of Long Tong Sally is pretty good. Oh yeah, you know, I agree. Paul's rocking on that one. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine, like, you know, they have a set list, and the other band is doing their set list, and they're like, yeah. "Shit," you know. So then. Let's let write love me do, and then nobody else can sing that. Yep, and then that bleeds into all your love, all my loving, and then suddenly it gets better and better and better. Oh yeah, and they're like, I guess, I guess we can write songs. <laughs> I guess we can write songs, John. You know, <laughs> let's just sit in a room and, and uh, sit down, and then they have nowhere man and paperback writer, and that's like when they were um, Paul was saying how they were telling his dad about. She loves. She loves you. Mm-hmm. It's like and his dad's like, why Americanize you? Say she loves you. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. He wanted yeah. to be grammatically correct. Yep. And Paul's like, yeah, okay, we'll think about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but man, that's that's probably the greatest evolution in the history of music is to go from those songs to like, oh, yeah. 
rubber soul. But that's like a Beatles thing. But um, you know, the John Lennon thing is uh anyway, he's 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 passed. I think he would have been, let's see, nineteen eighty, he was forty. Now it's two thousand and what's the year now? Twenty twenty two. So he'd be eighty two. Wow. He was 82. So he was three years older than Paul. I think Paul's... No, eight, Paul just turned 80. Okay. He's two years older than Paul. Damn, he would have been 82, but really old. Yeah. So that means Yoko was like 80-something, probably? Probably, yeah. God damn it. I can't believe she's still around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's like... Well, I mean, on one hand, if it wasn't... She was partially responsible for us getting that Get Back special last yeah, year. Yeah, right, right, so. right. Which I keep saying I'm going to watch again. I'm still paying Disney 10 bucks a month for nothing because I'm never watching Disney, you know? Yeah. Well, um, the good thing is I think the subscription rates just rose a little bit. So it gives you more reason to, to watch cancel. it again. To cancel or to watch it again. Then I, cancel. I should watch it again, but it's like long, you know? Yeah. yeah but um, anyway, yeah. So here's to John Lennon, man. He was, uh, what should we call this episode? John? I don't know what to call it. We call it. Uh, well, I can't say. John, you never knew me. I never knew you personally, but thank you. Wow. Uh, I guess I should do the same, but I, I don't want to follow that. Uh, John, listen, man. <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> that whole fucking number nine thing, man. You, you really you, – you scarred me for life, man. I, I, I can – you know, that, I, that thing gives me more, 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 more fear than I've ever felt in my whole fucking life and I, even in my afterlife. So I, I really am very upset about that. But other than well, that – Well, at least you know when you die, you know when you if – like if there is an afterlife – and you finally seek and not be like, John, what the fuck was that, man? And he'll be like, it was a song collage. It was a sound collage. It was a song collage. I didn't know why you were afraid of it. But anyway, I'm, I, I'll try to forgive you for that. But um, you're, you're, you know, you were the most interesting person in rock history, you know. So, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that says a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. I mean, you gave peace a chance. And you got murdered. Yep. Taught us all a valuable lesson. Yeah. Not to give peace a chance. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's fucking... I mean, who wants to give peace a chance anyway? All we are saying is... And then War is Christmas. That's Christmas song. Yeah. You know... I like the Christmas song, though. I actually do like it. Yeah, it's good, but the Yoko part at the end... Whoa! What an ending to the episode. Like, we, we did so well. We did so well. Until now. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God, we can't do one episode. God like, damn it. All right, we almost did it, though. We almost did it. I would say we had very, very good restraint this episode. We did. We exercised restraint. Yes. Yeah. We, we did it for, for John Lennon. Yes. We did. Yes. And I still don't know what to call the episode. We'll figure it out. We will? I think so. Give, we pretty much have to before we came and publish it, so. Give Peace a Chance. No, that's the name of a song. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thoughts about John. That's, Do something like that. It's terrible, actually. Thoughts, Thoughts about, about John. John. Like, who, who's going to want to listen to that? John. <laughs> John Lennon remembered. John Lennon remembered. By the As Is guys. By the As Is, as is present. A memoriam to John Lennon. Wow. As presented by the geniuses. <laughs> Of as is. Wow, wow. We are geniuses in the fact that we're so idiotic that we raise it to a level of genius, you know? Completely, dude. No, this is good. I mean, so for somebody who didn't know John Lennon, this would probably be educational, you know? 
because uh, uh, I mean, most people, a lot of people don't know. You, you know, you actually do know a lot of stuff about the Beatles that other the average person doesn't know. Right. And I, I'm a genius. I know. I mean, I know a lot of shit. Oh yeah. I didn't know about the Forrest Gump thing though. Oh no. No, I didn't. I know thought, you saw it. I saw it, but I don't remember the part. With John oh, Lennon. okay. Yeah. So yeah. you know. So, uh, but I feel cathartic. I feel like we, you know, like life goes we, on. I think we did it justice. Yeah, we didn't cry. No. Nope. Like, you know, it, there was no, like, tears. <laughs> <laughs> Often associated with crying, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually uh, one relates to another. It's, it's anonymous, really. Right. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, thank you, uh, people. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, and listen. Oh, it's red again. Um, give Until pe- next time, I guess. Give peace a chance. Imagine, if you want. imagine. Follow the people. Bye.